0: I apologize uh, for the video. This is just a title slide. So um, if it's a bit fuzzy, we'll get past it quickly. But uh, agriculture and education is the topic of today. And I wanted it to be a bit more of a primer. I I know um, some of you will be participating in or uh, joining a a panel discussion on institutional agriculture. And this might be uh, considered just a primer uh, for that conversation. And uh, many of you, I assume, uh, actually, I should, I'm just going to stop sharing so I can see the, the, you all there. How many of you are involved uh, in the educational work, by the way? And how many of you are are involved, if not uh, in a career fashion, at least either in in church uh, or in your family life, involved in education? Okay, great. So... um, just put that back on uh, this uh, I think a good place to start in all education is proverbs 22 verse 6 train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it it says and I had uh, I had somebody tell me um, and uh, I had somebody tell me that this term train up a child uh, is touch the palate Touch the palate in the way that um, when someone grows up in a certain culture with uh, certain ethnic foods associated with that culture, they they eat that that that, that food that flavor that texture. It, it's crossing their palate all the time, and uh, when when they get older, even into their late teens and and twenties, they might go exploring other foods. But in the end, they're always going to have this this longing this this hunger for um for the foods they had that touched their palate when they were young and uh, in in korea i spent a little bit of time there when i was younger in korea they call this phenomenon rice hunger so if you are traveling or you are elsewhere uh and you've eat a meal if there is no rice in the meal even though you've eaten until your belly is distended you still feel hungry if you haven't eaten rice It's called rice hunger. So that's, in the sense, what we're talking about when we're saying train up a child uh, in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. If we touch the palate with um, the things that we want the children to be having and experiencing and living and thinking and breathing and acting out uh, when they're older, we do that when they're young. uh, They will will just return for that naturally is really what I understand Proverbs to be saying here. a few years ago, Fountain View Academy, uh, the board asked me to uh, to come and help with their vocational education program, as well uh, in particular as um, with their their industry program. They were wanting to expand uh, the ways they uh, earned income from from business opportunities, particularly the farm and uh, and other uh, other ventures. So. I started working with them a couple of years ago uh, and, and worked with them more on a consulting basis than, than anything uh, for the last uh, couple of years. And um, I've, learned, uh, I've learned some things that I didn't realize about the uh, educational work that, that are really complicated. And uh, honestly, uh, rightfully so, they're, they're complicated. So uh, we'll uh, talk about some of those things. When I, when I first got there, they, so at Fountain View, they have um, this how The students work for half the day, uh, or they participate in the vocational training program for half the day, and, and then they participate in academic education for half the day. And in the vocational training, uh, they can go into a number of different departments. Uh, they, they can participate with the music and the media program. They can participate with the campus maintenance. Uh, they can participate with the shop, which includes uh, vehicle repairs and heavy-duty mechanicing. Uh, they, there's, uh, there was a fabrication department for a couple of years where students could learn to weld uh, and to, to do fabrication tasks. There's the farm, of course. Um, there's also a janitorial custodial department and there's a cafeteria. So a student can uh, work or participate in training in any of those departments. And, and when I first came there, I immediately saw some of this tension. There was uh, part of the farm uh, was a, a greenhouse operation. And uh, the greenhouse operation was was small, just a couple of, uh, of covers. And generally in greenhousing, um, unless you're looking for a commercial venture, um, most of us approach it with a multi-crop type view. So succession cropping and tomatoes and eggplants and lettuce and broccoli and everything everything we can get in there. And uh, what I immediately noticed in and I'll just use the greenhouse as an example, but what I noticed is that the, the methodology that we were using to produce the crops was not defined yet. So we were still trying to solve different problems like what soil media should we grow in? Uh, should we vine the tomatoes or should we use determinants and just put them in a basket? Should we be pruning or not? And and a lot of the the the... Um, things that would be resolved and standardized in a commercial greenhouse were not in place. And and I think rightly so, because the greenhouse was a great educational opportunity for students to come in and to plant seeds in this mix or that mix and to see how they germinated and to, to vine the tomatoes or not and to see how they performed and to, you know, to pick some of the blossoms on the cucumber plants or not and see what happened. So, uh, we saw similar things, or I saw similar things in in other departments. Of necessity, in the custodial department, um, staff need to spend time to train uh, the students, or even the leading students need to spend time training new students on how uh, the the work ought to be done. You know, where are the where are the tools of the trade? How are they best used? What's the best routine? How should the schedule go? Uh, Is there anything you have for suggestions? You know, are are these the best methods? And try to really engage the mind. And so overall, what I noticed is that uh, it took more time to work with students in the vocational training program to get a job done than it took to get the job done if somebody was doing this for, uh, for, for an enterprise. So... As a reminder, uh, and I think this is another good guiding light, uh, education is not the filling of a pail, but it's the lighting of a fire. I personally think the lighting, uh, the fire that's lit in education is the fire of curiosity. The one that, uh, that the the curiosity that sees a problem or sees a new piece of data and says, hmm, what can I do with that? How can I make it work? And uh, how can I apply it to something that's in front of me, one of the challenges or one of the improvements? So, uh, keeping that in mind, uh, in order to light that fire, we, we need to encourage our students to um, to investigate. They need to explore, and in particular, they need to uh, they need to attempt things. So this is sort of the 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 development or the evolution of educational steps. And in, in my opinion, first there's there's curiosity on the part of the student. And uh, that curiosity causes somebody to go and, and investigate a thing. Um, that's when the mind is open and it's looking for information and it's receptive to it. And that's when information comes in through another means, either a teacher or, or a book or a circumstance. You know, when we're curious, there are many, many, many different teachers. And uh, Ellen White talks about there being three main books, the book of, uh, the, book of the word of God, uh, the book of nature, and the book of life experiences, which can be our teachers. And so when we're curious and we begin investigating, we, we, we can take a uh, gather information, receive information from all of our teachers. And once we get information, uh, coupled with the curiosity and the investigation, the, we, we start applying that information to something. Uh, some kind of a challenge, some obstacle, some improvement, something. We started seeing what can we do with that information? Because information that sits uh, really doesn't become a part of our psyche. It's information that's applied that that really becomes a part of of, of us and and settles in. And so we get these ideas. And and these ideas from that information uh, invariably urge us to to try those ideas. Huh, I wonder if... uh, you know, if I really could climb to the top of that uh, that tree, or I really wonder if uh, I could um, join these two substances together and uh, create something that was significantly different or of value or of uh, of interest. So ideas uh, are going to, from ideas, we're going to get an interest in trial, and out of trial, we're going to get results. And you'll recognize this as just really the scientific method. And and when we have results, almost invariably, those results will be mixed. They will be mixed with some success and some failure. And uh, those mixed results is what provides a practical education. That's where we really start to understand the subtleties and the nuances of the challenge that we were trying to solve. Because if our idea failed in some regard, we learn more about the problem and we learn more about what could potentially make for success. So every, uh, some, some call this, you know, in, in life, we want to fail forward, right? We, we, we have no problem with failure. Every failure is actually a step in the path to success and therefore attempt and trial is really to be encouraged. It's not to be discouraged at all. Failure is an excellent thing because failure means you tried and every time you try you're failing forward and you're learning something about the challenge that you're trying to overcome. So we want in education mixed results. We, we want failure as a matter of fact because it provides a real practical education. As a matter of fact, complete failure often will lead a person to say, huh, maybe I should listen to what my teacher said the first time they said it. Maybe it was a more complete answer than I thought. Um, and, and partial failure might actually lead to improvement on what a teacher said, whoever the teacher was, whether it was a circumstance or, or a book or an individual. So uh, in education, we want failure. And to me, this is the lighting of the fire, curiosity, which leads to investigation and the gathering of information, and it helps with the formation of ideas and an interest in a trial, a theory about how things are going to work. And that trial attempt yields mixed results, and those mixed results provide the real education. And then we go back to more curiosity and more investigation and gathering new information and a new idea and a new trial. And, And then eventually, that process just builds and builds on itself like fire. The challenge with uh, agriculture is if you're trying to do uh, agricultural enterprise or any enterprise for that matter, uh, in enterprise or business, success is the goal, not education. And success in business is measured by profitability. Profitability is the indicator that uh, your organization is doing things well. Uh, And so you can go ahead and try to measure success by other means. And there are some other important measures of a healthy organization and a healthy company, but really in, in business, profitability is the permission to keep doing uh, what you're doing. And if you're not profitable, then it means that something needs to change, something culturally, uh, something uh, in terms of your planning, something in terms of your equipment or procedures or methods or product quality or, or anything. If you're not profitable, it means you need to go back and change. And in enterprise, standardization is a real key to success. You can't approach the problem this way today and that way tomorrow. And you also can't afford uh, a lot of time to bring your, your operators or the participants in your enterprise. You can't afford a lot of time for them to get to the point where they're proficient at the thing that they're doing. I mean, if they're doing web development, uh, they can't always be in the learning phase of how to put up a web page uh, or, or some basic graphic design. They, they need to get to the point where they can actually do the task with proficiency and, and, and move on. And uh, standardization is a key. So once you see that problem once, you want to, to, to write a, a procedure or a methodology and have it adopted throughout the organization. This is how to handle this problem uh, going forward until somebody uh finds and usually there's a small r and d component or a, or a continuous improvement component of any organization, which is going to find improved methods over time. But change will be, tend to be slow because those improvements will be improvements by degrees, not generally revolutionary. I mean, we're making shredded wheat today. We started making shredded wheat uh, as a, as a uh, shredded wheat started being made in the late 1800s. And the method for making shredded wheat has almost not changed at all since then. It's the same with cornflakes and other things in the food industry. It's the same with, uh, you know, there's, there's been improvements. Uh, there's, there's incremental improvements in many processes, including med- metallurgy and casting and, and so on. But there has not been, in, other than in technology, there has not been massive landscape shifting changes. There, there are incremental changes in most enterprise over time. So that means you need this standardization. Mixed results in business and changing methods guarantees inconsistencies, which leads to failure. And so now we see the tension, right? The tension between the need of education, um, the need of education, which curiosity is the goal. Success is not the goal. As a matter of fact, in some ways, failure is the goal. Whereas in enterprise, success is the goal. We can't afford very much failure. Otherwise the organization will collapse. Uh, in, In education, we want varied attempts. We want to try uh, encouraging this method or that method, just go ahead and try it because you're gonna get an education in that process about how to how to approach this in the future. In enterprise, we, we, we can't have varied methods. We need one method uh, and it ideally it is the best method we currently know how to, to do this thing that we're doing. And in education, uh, failure uh, leads to an improvement of the result. It in, leads to an improvement of the education. In business, failure uh, leads to a complete collapse. So um, we the, there is some significant tension here. And I just uh, remind us that our goal here uh, is to train up in education a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. We should be touching the palate. So when a student is in uh, the, the the custodial department, for example, and they're uh, working away, the question I've asked myself is can a student come away from participating in the custodial department and can they open a contract janitorial service and can they take what they saw there? The the efficiency that they saw the whole team work with, the the methodology for measuring, right? There's always a a KPI or a key performance indicator uh, that should be used as a metric to to measure standardized performance and and in, a janitorial work. I'm going to assume it's something on the order of square foot or 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 area per time, so square feet per hour cleaned, and maybe an employee doing an average cleaning can do 500, a thousand square feet per hour. Uh, and you, we would see these metrics in the in the hospitality industry, of course, in in the, the chambermaid uh, business, but as well as in contract uh, contract janitorial services. Have we touched a student's palate with a culture of efficiency and a model of measurement and skill and approach even thinking mentally how to approach the tasks have we touched them in such a way that they could leave with that mentality and open up a contract janitorial service and while that would uh, was was a goal, and it's an admirable goal. There's this tension: how can we encourage attempt and failure, and therefore gain an education, and yet have success on the agri- on the on the enterprise side? And 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 th- it, it's very difficult because um, when you're teaching, it it takes time. It it's a slow process. You, you need to allow, everyone learns a little bit differently, and you, you need to invest a lot of one-on-one time between, in practical tasks in particular, between the teacher and the student. Whereas, uh, and so when you're teaching a task, if you're going to be teaching uh, quadratic equations, for example, it takes a while. But when somebody has learned how to do quadratic equations, the actual execution of them, or the building and the solving of them, doesn't take so long. And this is the difference again between education, and enterprise. It's the teaching versus the doing. So, um, the time investment in education is significant and necessary, whereas in enterprise, speed is important and time is is at an absolute premium. You can't afford to spend much time. Uh, in, In education, everyone should be exposed you know we need to rotate the students through these things so they can get a well-rounded exposure whereas in enterprise you want the same person who you've invested training in doing that task and getting more and more proficient at it until you know until that task uh, that function improves Uh, in education you really want to focus on the trial which uh, includes a high tolerance for failure Uh, in enterprise we need to focus on success which has a low tolerance for failure so what does enterprise and education how do they fit together well i suggest there's there's pro, uh, the a more ideal approach is to separate them into dual tracks that uh in our schools we would do better to have a farm business that was business uh focused it was uh, when it when you're when we're doing our budgeting it would land on the income side of the budget. The goal of the farm is to drive income, to contribute to operating costs, to reduce expenses uh, related to the the administration and the overhead of the institution. Um, Whereas uh, we should also have an education, basically a classroom uh, related to agriculture. And this would somewhat similarly be uh, applied to the other vocational areas. We, we have a more experimental side, where this lands on the expense side of the budget. We're going to offer, you know, it would be great to offer students uh, a certain amount of, of budget money where they could try this soil or that soil and this seed or that seed. And, and we don't need it to have a return. Um, we, we can just write it off. So the, on the business side, we would focus on professionalism and uh, profitability. And on the classroom side or the experimental side, we would really focus on as broad of an exposure as we could give uh, our students so that they can see the entirety of of the processes related in the farm side, uh, of the processes related to growing food, uh, both indoor and outdoor, uh, summer, winter, spring, uh, in all the different ways we can think of storage, preservation, all of these things. Whereas in business, we really want to focus on proficiency. And so we're actually going to sort of narrow the scope for, for the individuals in there. And uh, on the experimental uh, farm or the uh, classroom side, we would foster curiosity and trial. Uh, whereas on the, on the business and the enterprise side, we, we really should be uh, touching the palate with success. So a student who goes and takes part of their classroom time in the farm business and they get some ideas, they can come over to the farm and uh, the farm business side out of the farm classroom and say, ah, I see why they're doing it this way. I see why they need to do it this way all the time. Uh, and and maybe they they can learn some things that they can apply to, to make those incremental improvements over here. But by and large, you, you, I suggest that we would be able to separate these two interests and to have the business side, which touches that palette with, with what, um they could take away and and operate uh post educational period and they could operate similarly to and actually earn an income to support their families and then of course the classroom side where they get the educational piece so um i'm going to uh leave this up just in case there's questions on any part of it and uh Wanted to open the, uh, I wanted to open this to a discussion. What do you folks think of the uh, tension between the two? And uh, do you have any questions?
1: First of all, I mean, I wanted to thank you for your, your insights. I would say it resonates a lot with the, what I've experienced at our school. Um, and I would say there's a lot of times that uh, maybe, maybe administration maybe knows these things and yet doesn't see them in the same conversation. And so there's frustrations with, with how administration views the results they see. And uh, this, this is a, a really good, uh, I guess, base upon which to review a school farm operation. Um, because it, it's really hard to have your cake and eat it too, if you will. Um, but, but what you've laid out with a, a classroom setting versus uh, a hands-on setting, Um, could have perhaps a a better chance at having the best of both worlds. Maybe
0: it's, it's a challenge, but I do believe we can make an income in agriculture, particularly in our institutions where uh, even if you're not, you know, agriculture is one of the most difficult businesses to, to earn a living in many of you are trying it and and learning and we can do it. It's a nice lifestyle and there's lots of education there. What's the advantage we have in our schools is, is that the, what would normally be wages for the students during the school year, that goes to offset their tuition. And what's tuition? Tuition is income for the school. So really what, what we're able to do with, with a farm business is the measure of success is not as high as if it was an individual enterprise, because you really just need to break even. You need to cover the costs of the students as if they were being paid. And that money needs to be directed over to the to the operational side of the school to to, you know, increase the level of tuition effectively that students are paying for their for their education. We all know that that most uh, the the education of students at our institutions costs substantially higher than uh, than than we charge. And so we often depend on donations or other revenue streams in order to offset that. Well, I think we can do that through through business. And uh, we need to operate them as businesses. But again, the standard of success is not uh, 10% profit margin. Even if you're just break even, it's still success. But you have to you have to factor in paying an actual uh, an actual amount similar to what the student wages would be over to the operations side, and then and then that's success.
2: How would you see the? Uh, um do you, do you try and integrate the, um, the uh, instructional part that doesn't have to do with profits uh, at the same time as with the same students as the other? Or do you, would you see it as like a fresh, freshman and sophomore year, they're, they're in the developmental stage and they're not part of the business end of it. And then with those two school years, they come to the business end of it. For their junior and senior year, where they're trying to, to help the school be profitable in the actual farming.
0: The, the way I would, one of the ways, and there's there's lots of different ways to skin the cat. So uh, it's all about time management, in my opinion. And uh, I think that students should all be exposed to to actual working. It's it's that at all grade levels. It's it's just so good to be physically moving and involved in, in what you're doing. Uh, what I would see it more like is. Uh, when, when, the, when the enterprise doesn't, uh, it needs, in, in, when you're treating it like an enterprise, you really need to bring in a level, level of mechanization and automation that is appropriate for that enterprise were it a sole proprietorship or a private business. And, and what that does is that reduces your dependence on, uh, on the labor. So in other words, if you've got reduced dependence on the labor, you've just freed up time. Because you can do with machines in, in half an hour what you could do with, with bodies in four hours. So, so mechanization is an important part of treating enterprise like enterprise. And what you do when you do that is you free up time. So now, instead of um, actual work five days a week, why don't you take one day a week or two days a week or one week a quarter, or why don't you take a period and dedicate that solely to the education, educational aspects of what whatever uh, elective effectively the student wants. And you could have electives across all of your vocational uh, departments. You could have an elective for farming. You could have an elective for um, for shop and for mechanics. You could have an elective for for uh, for food preparation and uh, cafeteria work. That that really is not the execution of the work, but it's all about the the theory behind it and the trial of different methods. So um, again, just to summarize that, need to automate your business, mechanize your business, treat it like a business in order to reduce the time required for the students to participate in it, which frees them up to take non-academic time. This is normal work time in in your program. Take non-academic time and devote it to uh, education in vocational training. Now, I would also acknowledge that all businesses train employees. There's always turnaround or turnover amongst employees, and there is always, you know, ten percent of a person's time, depending on the turnover rate. Maybe it's three percent, but there's always some percentage of a new person's time that's devoted solely to training. So there's obviously on-the-job training that's needed to show a student or or the worker uh, how to do the job that they need to do. But then the general theory about the expansive, how do, how do I, you know, um, how do I wash carrots is one thing. How do I, you know, run the harvester is one thing. It's a completely other thing to say, well, what are the financial metrics of this business? Uh, how many seeds per acre do you need? And what, what is the nutritional uh, requirements of this crop versus that crop? And what are the ways to get it? So all of those are very theoretical and excellent things to explore, but you can't do it when there's carrots got to come out of the ground.
2: Uh, you talked about a term KPI, key performance indicators. How have those been used with students in the past and
0: how have you thought it successful or otherwise? Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's a bit of a challenge uh, finding what keep in the farm at Fountain View, we have key performance indicators because it's able to be focused more uh, as an enterprise. In the other departments, it's a, it, it comes with a little more difficulty uh, because it's difficult to justify some of the automation, for example uh, in in the janitorial department if there's no actual extra income coming in to offset your investment, whereas in the farm you've got money coming in for the sales of this product uh, and it can pay for a, a new tractor or, or a new machine. Uh, so so the KPI, for example, um, in um, kPI for for the cafeteria, might be uh, labor hours per meal or meals per labor hour actually would be a better way to view it. Uh, so, so how many, how many meals it can be prepped? If there's five students in the morning and they're putting in four hours and all of those hours are dedicated to the lunch prep, that's 20 hours. Well, how many students meals or total staff meals are coming out of those 20 hours? And, and if you can just start measuring that and watching that, uh, then you can start uh, trying things and making incremental improvements. But um, at Fountain View, in those other departments, it's been more difficult to um, to establish KPIs and to uh, have ongoing monitoring of them.
2: Would one uh, area of, uh, of uh, KPI possibly in those non uh, commercial roles being uh, cost reduction, you know, like so, man hours is one thing but also food waste are they prepping too much and throwing away stuff or is the guy cleaning the bathrooms using five times as much bleach as he should
0: absolutely uh the kpis there should never be one kpi uh for for a department i mean there's there's a budget and cost per per time served or unit of area served or uh unit produced uh so so costs are are an important thing to continue monitoring uh, and see to measure ourselves how we're doing. We have to remember that what gets measured gets done. And I think what we tend to do is not measure uh, ourselves from a numerical perspective. We just, ah oh, the work got done and hey, it, it, it got done at the end of the day. So why bother much about anything else? Well, it, it does tend to develop a, a, a bit of a mentality of come see, come saw. Um, and that, uh, that I think is unhealthy. I think that's an unhealthy uh, touch of the palette, we should be measuring ourselves and we should be showing our students uh, what we're measuring and how they can impact uh, the 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 output or the 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 number that's being measured.
2: Okay, well, it looks like our group here is out of questions. Um, Great. So if you like to close with us again for prayer.
0: Sure, let's do that. Thank you very much, everyone. Father in heaven, uh, we're grateful to be able to participate with you in uh, in education in different ways and uh, we pray for wisdom as we try to uh, as we try to apply your principles to uh, the work we have at hand thank you amen this media was brought to you by audioverse a website dedicated to spreading god's word through free sermon audio and much more if you would like to know more about audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons please visit www.audioverse.org